Welcome to the Ask Genesis podcast, where each week we try to ask a few more questions in regard to the sermon, uh, the weekly sermon. So this week, I sat down with Patrick, um, this, and we talked about the story of Noah. So the story of Noah's Ark, it can be easily twisted or misunderstood, but if we look through gospel lenses, we can see some key principles. And so today, I got to sit down with Patrick and talk about those five principles and those five points a little bit more in depth. We talk about understanding God's holiness and the depth of our own sin. We talk about what righteousness really means. We talk about why trust is the essence of saving faith and a lot more. In addition, with this coming week being Easter weekend, we use the first 15 minutes of our time to talk about baptism. Um, For those of you that don't know, we're planning on baptizing a few people this week, and I wanted to ask Patrick about um, baptism. If you are a believer of Genesis, but have not been baptized, then we would be honored to do that this Sunday. You can just drop us an email at info at genesiscommunity.church and let us know. So the forecast, um, not the forecast, (laughs) and I don't do any editing. I'm trying not to do any editing on this podcast, so it is what it is. But the format of this podcast, uh, we're trying to keep to around 30 minutes, and hopefully it's easily digestible content for you to consume while doing mediocre cleaning, mowing, working out, exercising, whatever. Um, But we would love to incorporate questions that you have. So if you have a question during the sermon, you can obviously ask any of the pastors or elders after the service, but um, you can always send an an email to info at genesiscommunity.church and ask any questions, and then I'll work that into the show. Um, If you're not subscribed to our podcast and you go to Genesis Church, please do that. And then also the video version of this is going to be airing on YouTube at some point. So please uh, subscribe and like our YouTube channel as a church. And a few announcements, and then we'll get into the show. With baptisms being this week, there'll be no childcare um, for younger kids. I'm sorry, there will be childcare for younger kids. Maybe, Maybe I should edit this show. But no, no child care for older kids. So we'll have toddlers and babies, but no classes for the three to five year olds or the second, the K through second graders. Um, we also, I talk about this in the podcast at the end, but we also have a new Genesis service opportunity page on our website. We've just listed a few um, ministries that need more help, like the children's ministry. We'd like to have more volunteers there. We're trying to, to beef up our media department. Um, like sound and running slides and stuff like that. Um, we also are taking care of the grounds ourselves. So if you can push a lawnmower and mow the yard or weed eat or help us with the grounds, we would love to hear from you. Um, and also the church clean, uh, there's some ladies that clean the church on Saturdays and to get us ready for Sundays. So <laughs> you can kind of hear the kids in the background. I don't know if you can hear that over the music, but that's funny. Um, so we need some help with that too. Um, so all of that's on our site at genesiscommunity.church. Uh, oh, and don't forget that um, we updated the way that we do online giving. So review the giving email this week to take care of getting all that set up and taken care of. All right. Without further ado, let's jump into the show. All right. Check. I think we're on. All right, man. Welcome back to the podcast. Good to have you. Welcome all the way back. Welcome back. It's been a little while. Man, we have. It's been like I guess a month since we sat down. So mm-hmm. it feels I think good. So, yeah. yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good to see you face to face, microphones, beard to beard, beard to beard. My beard is growing, so <laughs> it's getting. It, I like it. Yeah, I have no plans for whatever my face looks like. Yeah, 
beards just aren't as important as some but people I, make them out to be. So it, no plan is okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, you you have you're leading the way with the beard. So mm. like, <laughs> I feel convicted because I cut a lot of it off. Oh, couple, you, yeah, yeah you and did. I'm supposed to have this reputation as like the beard guy or whatever. But yeah. Well, it's all good, man. You look nice. Um, let's kick it off. This week we're 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 leading into Easter weekend. Mm-hmm. And which is really exciting. And something that you guys have been planning for a while is mm-hmm. to combine that with baptism. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be hopefully baptizing some a few people on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to just ask a few general questions about baptism, and maybe you could explain a little bit more mm-hmm. about that. So uh, obviously baptism is a big part of the church, um, yeah. but for those that may be new or don't know or don't have the depth of knowledge there, um, how would you explain what baptism is as yeah. a starting point? Yeah, um, um, when you said that you wanted to talk about that, and you know, you sent me the the questions and stuff. That that why is it even important question? Mm-hmm. I'm really glad you're asking because honestly, I think the number one reason why a lot of people don't even get baptized after they begin to follow Jesus and believe Him is they just don't even understand really why. Mm-hmm. So then their fear of crowds or you know being the center of attention or whatever just is like. Well, I mean, if it's if I don't like have to, then I'd rather not kind of get in front of everybody and do I have to say anything? That's always the first question. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you want to get baptized? The first question is always like, do I have to say anything? Yeah, you need to give a sermon before you Yeah, get exactly. Baptized. Like explain, you know, your whole life story or something like that. And, yeah. and then people feel the pressure of being like articulate and it becomes a performance rather than just, you know, being baptized. So I'm glad you're asking. So... With baptism, uh, of course, the entire thing is meant to be, intentionally meant to be a picture of Jesus's death, burial, resurrection. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we don't just kind of pull that out of thin air like, hey, that makes, that's, that analogy fits well. It's actually like a scriptural uh, analogy. So, uh, you have in Romans in chapter six, Paul says we were this verse four, we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Mm-hmm. Which is where a lot of times you hear that language of, you know, buried with him in his death, raised to walk in newness of life yeah. when somebody's baptizing another person. It's mm-hmm. coming right out of Romans six, uh, because it's meant to give that picture. When Christ died, those of us who trust in him died with him. And those who are those who have died are no longer under sin. Romans six goes on to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you've you've died. The old you has died, and now you're being raised up, just as Christ is raised up to this life, this glorified life. We are also raised up with Christ. So baptism doesn't accomplish all that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't kill the old you and raise up the new you, but it is this demonstration and a picture mm. of those things happening. Uh, and so baptism is not something that saves you, not something that cleanses you of sin, mm-hmm. these kinds of things, but it is something that represents all that and demonstrates all that, that you believe that. Mm-hmm. that and that gets to the heart of what baptism, Yeah, why do you do it? Mm-hmm. Because you want to show that this is the new you. Yeah. This is what you believe. And when that comes from like an authentic place in someone's heart, 
that's why it's important. Yeah. Not that it acts like you said saves you or anything like no, that. No, but, but it's it is powerful. Important. Yeah. It's a powerful experience. Mm-hmm. And you hear people talk about, man, when I came up out of the water, I felt like a new person. Well, you know, some people might be like, well, it was just emotional or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I, I, there's a powerful thing because that was an act of you obeying God, following Jesus, identifying yourself with him in his death and his burial, his resurrection. That's a powerful act of obedience. And anytime we give ourselves over in submission to the Lord and, and genuinely follow him mm-hmm. and in obedience and those things, that has a great effect on you. So, that's why you see, like, in the New Testament, I, I just have a couple more examples of mm-hmm. where baptism is talked about. Let's do it. Ephesians 4, 4 through 6, there is one body and one, the body is the church, one body and one spirit. That's capital S, the Holy Spirit. So, we're talking about big, important stuff here. Mm-hmm. Paul is talking about our unity. There's one body, one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism— one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So, baptism is included in a really important list of things that unify us. And baptism, again, is supposed to be this picture of, I've died and now I'm alive in Christ. That means you're joining a family, a Hmm. family of people who all are unified together in Christ. Yeah. So, I I think that's why baptism is included by Paul in a list of unifying things. Mm -hmm. Because that's us entering into the family. Which also makes it exciting for us as a church to yeah. celebrate that with someone. Yeah, somebody's you know, joining like, the family. You should be pumped about that. Right. Like. Yeah, yeah. it should definitely be a yeah. celebration. Then you got Colossians chapter 2, verses mm-hmm. 11 and 12. In him, that is Christ, also you were uh, circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, so not a physical thing by putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ, talking about the heart being changed, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. So again, that act of being baptized, of of submitting yourself to this picture of Christ dying and being raised is something that is super powerful and Mm -hmm. is part of you coming to follow Christ. So, in the Bible, baptism is, like, super important. Yeah. And a lot of times we're tempted to, uh, we're tempted to wonder why is it important? Mm-hmm. Because the Bible may not say, now look, here's this really special thing that happens that blah, 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 or something, you know. Uh, but if it's important to the Bible, mm-hmm. the Bible keeps making these huge statements about it, then it just right. needs to be important to us. Well, And also just to build on the fact that Jesus Jesus commanded yeah. that we be baptized. Right, yeah. So if we don't, then in some way it's, you know, disobedient to what mm-hmm. he said. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Matthew 28. Right. Yeah, Great Commission, go make disciples, baptizing them. So if you're a Christian, just I'm just trying to like think, like if you're a Christian— Mm-hmm. At Genesis, anywhere, but specifically with our church, mm-hmm. you need you should be baptized. If, you need to at some point. Yeah, if you're a believer, if you have not been baptized as a genuine believer and a Christ follower, mm-hmm. then yeah, I think you should be baptized. Yeah, we're never gonna like condemn anybody, obviously, right. and be like, "Hey, you must not really love Jesus if you're struggling with this or whatever." Yeah. Um, but we would 
urge as an act of obedience mm-hmm. and just faith in Christ, you know, yeah. uh, to overcome whatever it is that yeah. would make you reluctant or something Yeah, like because that. I think probably maybe there's a lot of like people that maybe feel like fearful of coming forward and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it doesn't have to be so clouded with that kind of nervousness and stuff. It can just be yeah. an exciting time. Yeah, you know, to- and you know, honestly, dude, what I think most of the nervousness comes from is that by being baptized, there's an admission of guilt. Mm. And because it's, you know, like in Mark, it talks about, in the book of Mark, it talks about John the Baptist baptizing all these people and they were going out into the wilderness and specifically says they were confessing their sins and being baptized. Mm. And the baptism was just this baptism of repentance. They didn't know Jesus yet, but they were coming confessing sins and because there's this thing when you come to repent and follow Jesus and be baptized and identify with, I have a need, I needed to be saved. Mm-hmm. There's this inherent admission of guilt. And so for a person who is feeling the pressure to perform and be good enough and be impressive and all those things, to come and stand before a crowd of people and be like, man, I was lost. I was dead yeah. in my sins. I, you know, I, I have not been following Jesus, mm-hmm. but then I began to follow Jesus, and now I want to, you know, tell you all that this is who I am now. Yeah. Then you're saying to everybody, I have not been a good person. Yeah. yeah I, you yeah. know, I've I've been sinning and yeah. rebelling against. So then, even if you don't say all that. Just by coming to be baptized, I think people feel like, man, all eyes on me as I'm I'm this like dirty person who needs to be cleaned. But that's the whole Christian message. Everybody in the room is like, man, praise God. We were all sinners who were saved, you know? So we're celebrating the fact that you're saved. We're not standing here judging the fact that you're a sinner. Right. But there's that pressure, especially in our culture, people feel this need to be viewed as really good and really nailing it and all that stuff. And baptism just eradicates all that. So in the context of how we're planning on doing it on Sunday, like will people have the opportunity to say anything or will it be led Definitely by a pastor? Definitely have the or, opportunity, yeah. yeah. They don't have to or if they don't yeah, I mean, want. Yeah, there's, there's how's no, it working? I don't know. Yeah, there's no pressure mm-hmm. to like, hey, you need to prepare some kind of statement or something like that. But we always give people an opportunity if they want to share like, man, this is who I was. Mm-hmm. and And then Jesus just saved me, you know, and and now I realize I need him and I'm following him. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and, you know, again, nothing has to be elaborate or anything. We've had people give like a 30-second thing. We've had parents kind of speak for their children. This is what their journey's been like. Mm -hmm. We've had people write out like a letter, like a page-long letter, just a testimony of how they came to know Christ and who was instrumental in that and those... And it's just for us. It's like whatever, man. I yeah, mean, that's cool. Get in the water and just let people so express. What if, uh, like, is it is it possible? Like, if someone comes on Sunday and they've like they weren't planning on getting baptized, but then they realize I want to get baptized. Is it possible for them, like, on the day to be oh, like, yeah. let's let's do this? Let me get in the yeah, water. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, we we actually allot time for spontaneous. Just the Lord has saved someone. Mm-hmm. Maybe even in that moment of watching other people be baptized and hearing that testimony and right. seeing the newness of life, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the story of in Acts, right? Like of the the eunuch that. Yeah, that's uh, right. Cornelius was it Cornelius? Uh, it was Philip. Philip, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're the pastor. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> Philip. Uh, yeah, Philip, and they just said he said, "Why, why can't I get baptized right here? You yeah, know, let's just do it. You know, yeah, so. let's do it." 
And I actually think, man, I wish baptism was more spontaneous. Because mm. in our, again, this is a cultural thing, but for us, it's like, you got to have all the family from out of town drive in <laughs> yeah. and this huge a photographer show up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it costs you money. Man, like. dude. I mean, people are like, yeah. So someone should go into bab- like baptism photography. <laughs> yeah, for real. It's <laughs> like a- make a killing. Uh, so yeah, I wish it wasn't like that. I wish it could be more because the whole heart of it is, man. I see my need for Christ. Mm-hmm. I'm turning to Him, repenting of my life of sin, and turning to Him to a life of faith and trusting Him to, you know, cleanse me of unrighteousness and and lead me from here on to a life that glorifies God. I want to be baptized. Great, jump in the water. Let's do it. But instead, it's like, well, hang on, I can't yet because I need to make sure my grandparents are here, and right. you know, which I get it. I mean, it's important to all the people in our lives, mm-hmm. and it's a moment that you're not planning on really repeating. And people do get baptized. I would say sometimes for wrong reasons, like, yeah, but that doesn't. Sure. I mean, we're not here to judge that. We're just, no. you know what I mean, like that's. No, if someone expresses faith in Christ, then let's do it. Yeah, yeah let's do it. I but, like that. Yeah, so. Well, I think that's good, man. Uh, And I'm excited about celebrating that with us on Sunday. Um, Let's transition because we're 15 minutes in, so we've got 15 minutes left. Let's transition from baptism to your sermon this last week Mm -hmm. um, and talk about the Noah story a little bit. Um, Kudos on how much scripture you read, though. (laughs) Man. That was impressive. What? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, It's a big story. But so here, here's, here's something that stood out to me. You said, basically, you had like five points. And mm-hmm. you said, like, yeah. here's the five things that this story teaches us. Mm-hmm. And you said it can easily be misunderstood and taught in the wrong way. And all. Yeah. I like that a lot. But um, the one thing that you taught was, you said was that God basically is really holy, like infinitely holy. Sure. But he's also grieved in a really intense way by sin. Yeah. And so I, I was thinking, um, you know, people, I think um, it's evidenced by that story because, um, you know, obviously God was grieved by sin and he wanted to start over, basically. Mm-hmm. But I think we don't understand the holiness of God, yeah. and I don't think we understand the depth of sin, Right. those two realities. Yeah, so definitely. as you're preaching and you're talking about that, you know, I think... I personally would love to grow in my holiness, the mm-hmm. depth of what I understand God to be mm-hmm. holy, uh, how much He is holy, mm-hmm. and what that means, and then the depth of my own sin. Yeah. And when I think those things collide, I think that's going to be a beautiful like Definitely. synergy of things. Yeah. But like, um, like how can we grow in a like our understanding of God's holiness, mm-hmm. and then our understanding of our own sin? Yeah. You know. Yeah. No. This. Yeah. So several years ago, uh, I was introduced to a, a Bible study curriculum called Gospel-Centered Life, and it was written by Bob Thune, who is up in Nebraska, uh, really great uh, guy, really helpful with developing resources and things like that, and uh, leading an Acts 29 church up there. And um, he's got this... Uh, man, I can't remember what it's called now, uh, cross diagram or cross something. Um, but it's this picture that's really, for this exact reason, I think is super helpful. And I've shown it, I've told so many people about it. Uh, but basically it's a timeline. 
And it starts at the point of you beginning to follow Jesus Mm -hmm. and then moves on forward through time. And at that point, you've got these two diverging lines, one of them going up, one of them going down, moving away from each other and kind of creating this slice of pizza, you know? Mm -hmm. And the top line is God's holiness. Uh, Not God's holiness. It's your awareness of God's holiness. And the bottom line is your awareness of your sinfulness. And the point is, as you move forward in time, those two lines, like the gap between your awareness of his holiness and your awareness of your sinfulness just grows and grows as you come become more and more aware of those things, the truth of them. Yeah. So then it leaves you with this predicament of like, man, it seems like the further you go forward in time, the farther you feel from God, <laughs> like yeah. the more removed you feel. But then the beautiful thing about it, the diagram is closing the gap between the two lines is the cross of Christ. So here's what happens. In the very beginning, the cross is very small because your awareness of God's holiness and your awareness of your own sinfulness just really aren't that developed. Hmm. So the cross closing the gap is just kind of tiny. The further you go forward in time, the bigger and bigger the cross becomes in order to close that gap and leave you not feeling Discouraged, as, as, the but, cro- as the cross is growing, basically, that's your understanding of like the depth of what Jesus did. Yeah, he, so there's the awareness of God's holiness, mm-hmm. awareness of your sinfulness, awareness of what Christ has done to close that gap, yeah. to make you righteous in God's sight mm-hmm. and, and kind of bridge the gap relationally between you and God. Which makes sense because people talk about, um, again, I'm not a pastor, but people talk about... But you uh, could be. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because in my head, I'm thinking about friends and how Joey got ordained one time to like, anyways. I don't remember. Anyways. uh, What I was saying is, um, oh, Paul in the New Testament talks about how like, you know, as there's like a couple of times where he mentions like, I'm a sinner, but then it gets worse or something. He's like, I'm the chief of sinners at Mm. some point. So as he's getting older, basically he's confessing more of like how he feels, I guess, the depth of his sin maybe. Yeah, Um, yeah, as an old guy. But you think Paul is like this really holy man you know like Mm -hmm. really used by the lord Mm -hmm. so over time though it's not like that you know his that his knowledge of his sin got any less it like increased right yeah yeah exactly and so then that leads to the whole point which is christian maturity Mm -hmm. is about realizing and submitting to god's plan for overcoming your need like we need God desperately because we're just not very much like him in mm-hmm. terms of holiness, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. He is so perfectly holy. There's not there's not a blemish in his character. Yeah. We're riddled with blemishes. Mm-hmm. We kind of are a blemish, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then God makes up for all that just by an act of his grace. And I think maturity is coming more and more to grips with what God has actually done in Christ Mm -hmm. to save us and sanctify us. And we become more joyful over that, more Mm -hmm. eager for that work that he's doing in us, more submissive towards him in that work. And that, I think that's genuine maturity. Yeah. So then the answer of like, how do you grow in those things? I think it's just submitting to the work of the Spirit over the course of your life. Which means being patient about that process, yeah. too. Like It's just, you're right? just not going to suddenly... It's a long game. I mean, I, I think the Spirit does work where there's like, there's the long, yeah, like you said, the long game. Like, you know it's going to be a slow, painful work over the entire course of your life. Mm-hmm. But there's also times where 
man, he just inundates you with some truth, some encouragement, some increased desire or passion for holiness or, yeah. or you know, personal holiness, pa- passion for God's holiness and really understanding it. And that can create kind of a growth spurt, mm-hmm. but all of our sanctification isn't going to happen in a growth spurt, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's hard for us. Again, another cultural yeah. thing, man. We want yeah. everything right now. Like, how much does it cost? You know, I'll just... I'll fork it out. Man, do what it if takes only you to have pay it out. for holiness, dude. But I mean, yeah. well, you kind of do. Yeah. But you not cash. But. Yeah, not cash. But in time and in sacrifice and in suffering. Yeah. Those are the things that, you know, increase our sanctification. I really like the fact that you you're talking about like people having blemishes and not being like oh, th- this came up because um, I felt like. When you talked about the point where you said, um, yeah, God, God loves righteousness was mm-hmm. one of your points. Yeah. So God loves righteousness. And I heard basically a lot of people amen that, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I would amen that too. You're like, yeah. But at the same time, like, I love how you connected the fact that Noah was a simple man. Mm-hmm. You know, like in your, in my just easily messed up brain, like sometimes I could think that like Noah was some, you know, morally awesome dude or whatever like the no no it was sinful and he but he was righteous yeah and then you went on to explain like the the reason he was righteous was because not because of what he did which is the same for you and i but because of his faith right you know and i just think that dynamic is so man so important to think about like our righteousness is not is not it's not because we're good people. Like I, I yeah. hate thinking like that. Right. You know, like, oh, I love righteousness, so I must be a good person. Mm-hmm. No, I if you you can be a righteous person and really be struggling in life or like mm-hmm. really be struggling with sin, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. But you're counted as righteous. Counted as because righteous because of Christ. Because of Christ. Yeah. Yes. I love that. I mean Yeah. Yeah, and that's what Paul, you know, in, in Hebrews eleven, that's what he's stressing is that righteousness does not come by works of the law, mm-hmm. although that's a form of righteousness. Like, you can do a righteous thing, Correct. All, all that. And I think Noah, in his generation, was more morally righteous than Those the around people around him. Sure. him. But he wasn't morally righteous enough to have earned the favor of God. Mm-hmm. He, he could have easily, God would have been justified in condemning him along with the rest of the world, because he yeah. wasn't sinless. Yeah. But he was counted as righteous. Paul is very uh, deliberate about saying he was counted as righteous because of his faith. Mm-hmm. Just So just the same way we are all saved and counted righteous and reconciled to God, Noah was in the same way. And yeah. you're right. That is, for me, one of the most powerful aspects of the whole Noah and the flood story is that God was willing to hit the reset button and start over with one guy who was righteous mm-hmm. in the same way that I'm righteous. Right. By faith. Yes. You know? Right. And that goes a lot, too, to think about God choosing Noah, like yeah. God's sovereign choice mm-hmm. over his plan and mm-hmm. how he wanted to, you know, as yep. powerful. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we got a few minutes left, mm-hmm. and I want to talk about one of the points real quick. You said um, that God saves those who trust in him, mm-hmm. and that's a major theme in that story. How big is that concept of trust in the Bible? <laughs> I mean, you can't escape that. Yeah. In the scriptures. It's the whole it's the whole crux of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And the entire Bible is built 
around the idea that people who trust God are saved by God, loved by God, uh, secure in God's, you know, will. And people who don't trust God are counted as unrighteous and they're judged. Right. And here's where I think maybe the struggle is for some people is thinking of kind of relational interhuman trust, you know, Mm -hmm. which is something that's like, man, that's a strange currency and it's hard to hang on to. It's hard to earn. Um, Once you break down trust, I mean, there's nothing in the Bible that commands you to trust another person who is sinned against you or whatever. Like you have to forgive them. Jesus says, forgive that person, be gracious, all those things. But uh, never says trust a person who's untrustworthy so there's that level of mm-hmm. trust, you know, but when we talk about the theme of trust in the Bible, we're talking more about trusting God. That's the major theme of trust. And the fact is God has never done anything to break trust. He's done everything to earn trust. Mm-hmm. And so to trust him is always right. It's always a righteous thing and and a good Christ-like thing to trust God. So, without trusting God, uh, we we can say this, trust equals faith. That's what I was thinking, the, the interconnected yeah. of faith. It, trust, I mean, you right? can't separate those two. Yeah. If you don't, trust almost seems like a more tangible word to me than faith. In yeah, some way, but. yeah, yeah. Beca- and that's where I'm kind of getting at, is with the, I think where the misunderstanding comes about trust in the mm-hmm. Bible, we tend to we tend to think faith in God, trust in people. And, you know, trust is something we talk about like, hey, do you trust this guy? Um, but when we talk about God, it's like, oh, your faith in God, you know, you don't you don't really see like you go to Kirkland's and find some framed thing that says, you know, trust God. You see like faith, hope, and love, and whatever, and it's always faith. Mm-hmm. But faith really is just talking about trust. Right. It's just trusting God who you can't see. Mm-hmm. And so, for instance, when um, when you have like John 3, 16, God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whoever believes in him, that word belief Jesus was using is talking about not just, okay, I know that that's real, or I have the idea that that's true. Mm-hmm. It's talking about faith, talking about trust. That that, 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 that applies to me. Right. Like, yeah. So, how big is the concept of trust in the Bible? If you don't trust God, then you can basically just close your Bible. Mm-hmm. I mean, because right. if you don't trust God, then everything you read is kind of up for grabs. Yeah. But if you trust God, then you believe everything that He's communicated is true. Mm-hmm. You can count on it, mm-hmm. you can stake your life on it. Right. Um, and be completely secure in His love. So then someone like Noah being told, hey, build this in ridiculously enormous boat, fill it up with animals, I'm going to flood the entire earth and kill everybody but you and your family. Right. And years and years and years goes by, and Noah is still just kind of like building this boat, being ridiculed, yeah. you know, and <laughs> the world not understanding what, but it was an act of... Faith it was an act of trusting God mm-hmm. that He continued to do this and walk in. I love that God He's literally saying. doing the same thing that we're trying to do every day because we don't see God in the flesh, like mm-hmm. you know. So we have to trust Him, just like 
Yeah. Noah does basically, right. you know. So Yeah. Yeah, and because of that trust, he was saved. Okay, last question. Yeah. Um I I thought about the dynamic, you know, obviously family is important to us here at Genesis, and I thought it's really interesting. So Noah, it's not just that God saved Noah, but God saved Noah and his family. Mm-hmm. Right? And it talks about Noah as a man who was righteous by faith, but like it doesn't really give us specifics on his like his kids or whatever, but what is that? What do you, did you think about that connection between him being a man of faith, counted mm-hmm. righteous, and mm-hmm. then his family being saved too? And they probably had faith or were righteous too. Maybe I don't know, but the dynamic of him being the leader of his home, mm-hmm. you know, and leading his family, his whole family was saved, mm-hmm. you know. And I mean, what is the connection between a man leading his family mm. and the benefits of, you know, the Lord blessing that family. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, totally. So the idea of family, the reason why it's so important to us is because it's important to God. So when God saves us, the Bible is very clear over and over again, we are joining God's family. He's grafting us in. um, He's adopting us. We're called his children. We're called heirs, all these things. So when we're saved... God makes us part of his family. God also calls men to lead their families, to be the head of their families, Mm -hmm. and even makes promises about the effects of leading by God's word and having faith in God and teaching your children to trust in God. It's not some guarantee of salvation, but it's Mm -hmm. powerful. Yeah. Like God says, that's a really powerful thing that has an effect. Mm -hmm. And um, so then... There's all these layers, man, of like, he started the human race with a family. Then he hits the reset button with a family. Then later on, a descendant of that family, Abraham, has his a, a descendant of his blessed to become a great nation. And that nation is going to be one family, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. ethnically rooted in one guy. That's one family, God's chosen people, then Jesus comes and 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 expands the family by inviting these uh, these outsiders in the Gentiles, you know, you and me. Mm-hmm. We get to be part of the family, and then you get you know Jesus comes back and gathers all of his family together, basically around one table to live in one place together, and it's this enormous, uh, multicultural. You know, very, I mean, just all types of people from every nation uh, as w- living as one family mm-hmm. kind of under God's roof. The idea of family is just like you can't escape it Yeah, in the scriptures. And, and I think it is important for us to recognize that God saved one guy in his family and not just like, you know, a little smattering of the most righteous people he could find on the earth, and mm-hmm. you know, Noah and this guy over here and that lady, but Noah and his family. Um, mm-hmm. I think it it communicates something that God is very intentional about this family line that's been continuing since the very beginning, mm-hmm. and we get to be a part of it because Jesus has invited us in. He's called in the outsiders. Mm-hmm. It's not through ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, or even through works of righteousness. It's just through trusting Christ, you become part of the family. Yeah. And and you end up becoming 
basically part of Noah's family, mm. a descendant of his in the faith, you know? Yeah. So you can call him like a father of yours. Yeah, you know? that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. All right. Well, um, do you want to end by praying for us mm-hmm. in these ways and then we'll close it out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the powerful effect that it has on us, on our souls, um, to, to awaken us to your truth. And Lord, we just, Josh and I and and all of us uh, at the church, Lord, we we want to grow in our awareness of your holiness, to admire you and revere you for your holiness and to trust you in your holiness that you'll always do good, that you'll always serve justice, uh, but that you'll do it mercifully. And Lord, we want to increase in our awareness of our sinfulness. Lord, please shine light on those dark places and our blind spots where we just don't understand uh, where we are falling short, where we're still rebellious and still uh, live in the flesh and obey its passions. Lord, help us to see those things and to make faithful, repentant decisions about turning from those things and and becoming more like Christ. Lord, help us to um, understand what it really looks like to trust you to walk with you in faithful obedience, not just begrudging obedience, but faithful obedience, Lord, that you would have our hearts, that we'd be joyful in following you. Please unite us, Lord, in our understanding of baptism. Please let baptism have a, a unifying effect on us as a body and as your whole your whole church, Lord. Let us see baptism for the thing that you created it to be, uh, something that is uh, a faithful, celebratory act of following Jesus and being identified with him. And Lord, if there's anybody in in our church family who is reluctant to be baptized because of insecurity or fear of being found out as a bad person, Lord, would you please comfort them and draw them to uh, just a genuine trust in you that we all are in the room together. We're all around the same uh, gospel celebrating that you've caused us all to go from darkness to light and that we should just uh, worship you and celebrate what you've done uh, through baptism. Lord, thanks for Josh and all of his effort and planning and thoughtfulness that he puts into these podcasts. And as he prayed, Lord, would you let them be fruitful and effective for drawing people to you and growing up in their understanding of you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, bro. Yeah, man. Hey, one last thing. Yeah. Uh, if people are listening to this and they're a part of our church, I want them to let them know that on our website, we have a page that we added this last week that has some service opportunities, yeah. different areas in our church that we do need help um, with, mm-hmm. um, like serving in the kids or media or different things like that. So yeah. it's clear. People can see that. Yeah, and we want to let people know about that. So if you're a part of Genesis, please check out the site. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's the? It's genesiscommunity.church, and then. And then if you go, what under, do they click on? What is the? Uh, is there something under? I'm not. Yeah, I think the internet's down. 
Well, check it out. It's, it's, I think it's under the connect tab, and then it goes to like, it was like church, service opportunities. Church service something. opportunities, I think. And you'll yeah, see it listed cool. there. So we'd love y'all to see that. All right. Until next week. Peace. Yeah.